like green light, green light. That's a payday. Come up on a lick. That's a payday. Come across a brick. That's a payday. Papa getting rich. That's a payday. Welcome to our third installment episode around benefits and health insurance of the Payday Podcast. We're going to wrap up uh, the last two episodes where I interviewed two awesome local Cincinnati health brokers I highly recommend to anybody out there. And we discussed a lot of topics around benefits and health insurance. And one of the themes of both those conversations um, were around how benefits is moving more and more paperless. So today my guest is somebody on my team at Payroll Partners. He is somebody we brought to the team last year because we really needed somebody with more of an HR background to help us be able to advise and consult with HR groups as we are moving our payroll and HR technology more to bigger companies. So ladies and gentlemen, here is David Noe. How are you doing today, David? Good, Matt. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. I my... brought you a gift. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate the uh, the money necklace. Yeah, uh, figured it fit well with your payday podcast theme. Thank you. Thank you. And I, it is July. That's why I'm wearing the uh, bandana uh, because it is, you know, I always tell everybody at Payroll Partners, you know, like, why would you not be motivated to come to work every day? Because Payroll companies are what keep this country going. It is what makes America great. And, you know, if I could do anything else, I, I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to do payroll. We, we we move all the money. We keep America going. So, you know, I'm very patriotic when it comes to what I do. And, uh, you know, a big part of what payroll companies do on top of funding our government and the infrastructure of our country is now we're also a big player in getting people enrolled into their health insurance. Um, so, David, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is you've been in HR how long? Since the iPhone existed in 07. <laughs> wow. So you've been doing it a long time, and you've seen how uh, managing benefits in an HR role has changed. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what that was like when you first were doing it and how it's evolved? Yeah, so I've been in a lot of different roles in HR and benefits. Uh, the first was working with small businesses, and every month companies had a renewal, right? So they got their renewal from their carrier, and it was an increase most times, so they wanted to go shop. And the process to get quotes to compare with their current carrier was very time-consuming. It was a headache every month. So if you had 30 employees on your team, maybe half or 20 of the 30 were on benefits, the rest waived. So those 20 people, you had to give them a paper paper application from every carrier that you wanted to get a quote from. And so every carrier application still to this day is five, six pages long. So you are relying on your employees not only to turn it in, but be legible. So looking at all of these pieces of paper, that's why I absolutely hate paper. Um, to this day, you look at stacks of paper on your desk, and then you got to send those to the carriers. And then they come back with a long email of verified date of birth for this person, their social security number for this person. And it was very... Um, you know, personal information going through to these carriers through an just an attachment in an email. And it was um, it was not secure. 
it was very time consuming and it was just a, it was just a headache and it's gone all, it's I, come a long way i feel like you're going back in time to some My of the worst moments gosh. of your life right now with, with i tell you <laughs> i tell you um that was when i was you know getting married and celebrating my child's birth but then i was dealing with paper applications every month and companies that were just never satisfied with their renewal right like still to this day you get a renewal from your carrier and it's like really is that the best you can do really like you know so it, it it's it's still a game and so it's come a long way technology's come a long way just like the iphone and everything else in this world but um it's exciting to see what within technology and payroll and benefits and hr are really coming to fruition with data that you can not only manage your team but get stuff done quicker and be more efficient and obviously spend more time recruiting and creating a better team environment and culture to keep good people. So, you know, that's why we're gangster at Payroll Partners, right? That's why we, got, right. our, we got our chains on today because right. um, we help make all this easier. I mean, I was just listening to you talk about what you first experienced and I probably did that, but I can't even remember doing that at some of my first few jobs. And just but I had to do form fire, which that's kind of not brand new. That's been around a little while. And I was like complaining. I had to send an email because they had to reboot me in their system because they I hadn't used it for eight years. And they had to put my new email in there so I could actually fill it out. And I remember I felt so inconvenienced by that. And to think, wow, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you were having to fill out four different five-page paper applications? Oh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I remember to this day sitting and listening to the individual from Formfire. He had a, a, a strong accent from another country, and we sat down. I was at a, at a benefit broker at the time, and we're like, Formfire, what's this? And so we started getting a demo on it, and we were like, wow, like if this really is going to be the future – Oh my gosh. And it's still being used today. There's there's others out there, but majority of, of carriers use Formfire. And so when you move from company to company, you're going to have to call and get moved to that next company because it's such a large database. I have no idea how many people are actually in their database, but every carrier out there that you know locally we work with uses them. And so that was back you know, in the late, what, 2010, 2009 that it came out, I think. You just freaked so. me out. Like, I hope nobody from our enemy countries are listening to this because they might know who to hack next to, to come attack us. But let's let's hope um, they're not listening. Um, but if they are, they know where to go get their payroll, right? So, <laughs> so, um, so going back to moving processes off paper, there's we talked about the application side of it, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a big... I've been researching this a lot myself the last few years. Now there's the enrollment side of it, right? Like, so now, you know, everybody has, you know, done the applications, you've looked at your quotes, you've now decided to maybe you're switching to a new carrier and you're going to this new package, but now you got to do the big company open enrollment and more paper and more paper, more paper. More paper. I got to, if I want to do, me, my spouse, my kids, maybe like mine's really complicated because my son's adopted. So he he's not on my major medical yet. I want him on my dental and, and my vision. So like, you know, some of the online uh, solutions out there didn't account 
for all the complicated, you know, family dynamics that exist yep. exist in the U.S. today. So that that can be challenging. But most of them could, you know, basically have adapted. And there's really no nuclear family these systems can't help you with. So tell me about how you had to deal with. Now you've gotten through the quoting paper process. Now you, you you figured out what you're doing. Now it's time to get everybody enrolled. What's that look like? Yeah, so you have meetings with your staff. You go through it, and I've done that since basically the uh, beginning of my career uh, up to this point. You would you would have open enrollment meetings with your staff. You would go through the changes. You would try to explain to them like the why behind. Hey, this is why we're moving. Here's what we're doing. You know, we we allowed everyone to basically not pay any more for coverage. You're maybe getting a better plan here or better coverage there, whatever. But you still have to get them to elect their coverage outside of an application. So you, let's say, go to another carrier. Yep. And you give them a census with all of the enrollments in the application process. Then you got to go and say, okay, Joe Smith and everybody else here. Now you got to actually elect it. You want family, single coverage, here you go. Fill out this page, sign that you've gotten all these notices, and then you're gonna actually get your ID cards in the mail. Obviously, at the end of the year, it might take 30 days to get your cards. So everyone's scrambling to get the paperwork in, and if you've ever been involved in that, which I'm sure some of your listeners have or still do, it's like pulling teeth trying to get people to get stuff back to you. Turn paperwork in, turn paperwork in. If a company has a lot of people in manufacturing or construction, try to go to a company that has 100 people on a construction site or a roofing company and get these people to fill out paperwork when they never even come to the office. So then you're trying to scramble and find them to get the paperwork so that you can, as a company, you know, get everybody enrolled correctly. So it is a long process that now with online enrollment processes, with even the system that we uh, educate clients on and prospects, you can do all that in a system, send alerts to the folks. Everyone has a smartphone. So if it can be done on a smartphone, uh, which most of these applications have it, um, it's making it a lot easier for people to understand benefits and save time doing it and read. So it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. We had we interviewed um, Jamie over at Saxon. He talked to us about how his um, firm has embraced Navigator and they can implement that with really small groups yep. and that's free. You know, there's no extra charge to do your benefits online. Um, you know, we talked, you know, Brad emphasized how he still to this day, and you, you can identify with this. There's some usually blue collar mm -hmm. type businesses today that don't think their employees are capable of doing it online. They think so little of, you know, their staff when statistically we know they all have a smartphone and to turn on the smartphone, you have to have an email address and it requires a certain level of tech savvy just to get the smartphone working correctly. Yep. So um, it's really crazy that people are still, you know, putting up walls to doing all this stuff online. Now you had experience too. You were, you were, you've worked at some blue collar companies mm -hmm. that did not have the ability to do online enrollments. And is that how you ended up kind of coming to payroll partners? Yeah. And not only with benefits, just the payroll software that we had used, um, you know, it wasn't the most efficient. And so as most companies do at some point, they evaluate their systems, they look at, 
Is it working? Is it cost effective? Should we evaluate how many, you know, how many systems we actually use? Can we consolidate um, and make it more efficient? So if you are using less systems and still accomplishing the end goal of, of a business, then, then why not evaluate that? So I started that process and got introduced to payroll partners, um, kind of looked at their system and kept in touch with the folks at, uh, you know, payroll partners. And, and, uh, we never really made a switch in, in systems, but I was very impressed. I did a lot of demos with other companies out there, you know, that offer similar, uh, payroll software, uh, you know, systems and, you know, having a local company that is available to, you know, struggle or, you know, get you through the struggles and hurdles of, of payroll, uh, was important. So, um, so I just kind of kept in touch with them and uh, reached out, see if they had any clients that were looking for HR roles to fill. And uh, so that's kind of how I got into the to the company. And, um, you know, obviously wearing a few hats is exciting as a small business. So um, but it's uh, we're, we're, you know, making a move and, and, and growing and growing our client base and with folks like you um, out there to just kind of spread the word. So, yeah, I. You know, payroll partners, we, we have a great customer service reputation. Most of our history, though, we were serving some smaller companies and those some of those clients outgrew us. The um, old owner eventually developed a relationship with Kronos Ready. Now it's UKG Ready. And now we're fully on that platform. And we've now staffed up with people like you. Um, you know, so we're fully able to help implement all of these types of solutions with companies to, to, to get off paper. Um, I had several that you were part of personally, that you were the project manager um, on those clients and getting their payroll, first their payroll transitioned. And uh, several of them, it was their first time moving off of paper. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's great to know that when you do something that touches your most pride possession now as a business, your employees, those are like this commodity that everybody is treasuring now. And people are just sometimes scared to embrace change with those folks. But like, I mean, it's, it, what's funny is I, I think I said this in the last podcast, but it, it's, it, it, this topic hits home that, you know, these transitions to move off paper and, and bring software into these smaller mid-sized companies, like, it's a little bit of extra work to get it going and people just avoid that and they avoid the change associated with it. But man, oh man, once you go paperless and you've been doing it a year or two, you will never, ever want to go back. I mean, no. and that's, that's just, you know, the, the, the story I, I hear all the time. It's like, um, it's the same thing when a prospect tells me, um, they don't want to do direct deposit cause there's, you know, one old guy at the shop who said they quit if they ever had to, uh, couldn't go to the bank to cash their check. And it's like, that's not true. They're not going to do that. In fact, they will never complain after they get used to not going to the bank to cash their check. So it's, it's the same stuff. It's like, you know, once you've done online enrollments a few times, it's like, I can't even remember doing it on paper. I probably did it and I probably hated every minute of it, you know? And it's just, um, I didn't do it to the level you did, but you know, that, that's awesome that, um, you know, we're doing that for our clients. I'm so excited. We have David now on our team who is also, 
you know, getting us to start, you know, doing a lot more, even though we're only about a 40 employee company, we're going to, we're going to start acting because of David, like we're a 200 employee company with how we utilize our own system. And he's, he's working on a lot of that right now. So he's, we're so glad to have him. Um, speaking of you, David, you're on my podcast. So I ask everybody on the podcast, tell me what was your first payroll job? And tell me a little bit about it. Like, what did you make? What did you do? And are you using anything from that in your current role? Yeah, I had to think about that question. Um, it was, I've worked at a lot of golf courses growing up in Michigan. Um, obviously, we didn't have year-round golf. But during the summers, I, I played a lot of golf, played in college. So didn't really have a lot of free time. Fortunately, my parents were fine with me not working a lot in the summers during the uh, season when I could play a lot of golf, which actually got me a golf scholarship, which is great. But uh, it was at a golf course. And the first time I actually worked, I actually, the golf pro said, hey, you work these many hours, I'm going to buy you a set of golf clubs. Didn't have to like That's nice. pay for them, whatever. They were probably yeah. $600 golf clubs back then. So I probably worked more hours than they were worth. It's fine. We had fun. I have a lot of fun stories, uh, you know, growing up on the golf course. But I remember you know, a couple other golf courses, I would uh, go throughout the summer and help them rebuild sand traps and, you know, do some course uh, redesign stuff and work in the pro shop, whatever. And uh, so I, I did work. I honestly do not remember how much I made. It, it might have been $10 an hour, $12 an hour, gotcha. something like that. Uh, but it was fun. I mean, worked from sunup, sundown, and uh, also worked in the restaurants, Applebee's, you know, TGI Fridays, those kind of places. But I never really looked at the taxes. I knew I had to pay them. Yeah. But as a 16, 17-year-old, obviously making some cash tips, I'd go home on the weekends uh, and, you know, work. And then, you know, at night I'd go out with my friends and play cards and have money to play cards. So, so you, you – and I'm, I'm jealous. I was not – somebody who was ever allowed to go golfing as a teenager or, or, and then as a young man, I never had enough money to feel like that was something I wanted to spend it on. But now since I've been in sales and I've been in B2B sales specifically, it's crazy how much, how much networking and relationship building in the business world still happens at golf courses. And yep. I felt like it was declining, but then if you know anybody in the golf world, they'll tell you how it's blown up since COVID. Yep. Like it's just like golf and bourbon have just like blown up. And I don't know if it's two, two favorite things. things. Yeah. Your two favorite <laughs> things. So you're, you're riding high with both those things. So it's, it, it, it's crazy. So like, and, and what's funny is, you know, our mutual boss now, Noah was mm -hmm. playing golf with you to try and get your, then company to move to payroll yep. partners. And then he ended up not only he, he, I, he didn't get the business. Instead, he got a valuable employees. So he just, you yeah. never know how those relationships on the golf course can evolve. So yeah, I remember at a lot of family events growing up and parties and, you know, folks that, that knew my parents, they're like, Oh, I tell you, if you can get through college, play golf, whether you play professionally or not, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be out on tour making millions of dollars, but they're like, if you can even play in business, it's going to benefit you so much. And I was like, yeah, right. Whatever. That's, you know, I was told I, the same thing. And I was like, whatever too. And I, and, and it's so true. It's so true. I mean, golf outings, they're happening almost every day during the summer, it seems like. And so people don't have to be good at golf. They don't have to be, you know, 
um, you know, they just go out and have fun and play and, you know, get to know people. So there's not many things out there, uh, sporting events, going to other sporting events and sitting in a box suite, having good food and drinks and so on, um, watching a sporting event. But when you're out on the golf course, you know, there's not many sports like that, 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 you know, from a business standpoint can connect people that, you know, you don't really know, but after a round of golf, it's like, Hey, great to meet you. Let's do it again sometime. Had fun. You know, it's, it's, you have fun because you're also really good. You played in college. You, how far can you drive it? Mm. 290, 300. Yeah. yeah. You know. With I am technology a, that's not I, even I know today's I could, technology. I could probably bench press twice what you can bench press, <laughs> but you can hit a golf ball three times as far as I can. That's why I hate that sport. It's I I I I just I've tried to get into it as as an older guy, and I just I can't drive. I, I enjoy the short game. I'll I'll go do some golf outing scrambles, but if they're gonna you know they all have the rules that the golf outings you're supposed to use at least like everybody's supposed to get a drive in. Yeah, my team never follows that rule because I my drives all are terrible. It's 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 a waste of the time spent. I'd rather just be drinking a beer and not even attempt to do the drive and just try and do some putts and some short hits. But I, yeah. I hate that part of it. But I do still enjoy the experience of going to a golf outing. Um, and it's still fairly fun as long as, you know, because I, I am at this point where I kind of given up that I'm never going to be good. So it's it's still enjoyable. Um, well, I think you don't have to be in shape, right? You know, you go out and do the flying pig marathon or something. You've got to train. You've yeah. got to be in shape. And people that are older in their, you know, 60s, whatever, can do it still. But, I mean, my grandpa's 95, and he still is out playing golf every now and then. So, you know what I mean? So people that are obviously not growing up and playing golf or, you know, it, it can still be a fun sport to play. Um, yeah. And that's the other thing. When you go on vacation, what do you do? If you go to the beach or you go somewhere tropical, you go play fishing. Golf. Play golf. Go golfing. Yep. Sit on the beach. So, you know, it's something that you can even do through all all around the world. You can play golf all around the world. You can play golf. So, so business and golf. Is, is golf your favorite sport? Yeah. Are, you, are you, you, you watch a lot of it as a spectator? College football. Yeah. But never played football. Okay. My, my younger son plays football. He's in the fourth grade and um, he wants to play in college at the University of Michigan. Uh, that's his dream. So we'll see if that works. But I, you know, I, uh, you, the contrast between maintaining a love of a sport between golf and football are so very much different because I haven't played football since I put on a helmet shoulder pads when I, my last year of division three. Um, and I, I still had that bug and at age 30, I attempted to facilitate that by joining the Cincinnati rugby club. Yeah. And I literally went to one practice because I, I was coaching seventh grade football and I was messing with, you know, I was messing with those kids. I felt like I was still tough. And I remember trying to tackle a grown man after I hadn't done it for about eight years <laughs> at 30. And I literally felt my shoulder buckle and I immediately left that practice and went to the ER. And it wasn't a serious injury. I felt like I was yeah. kind of a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a wuss after that. But um, <laughs> but it, 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 it hits home. You know, I love football. That's the 
only sport when you're a fat kid that you can be excel at. Um, maybe golf though too. There's plenty of fat guy golfers. That's something those sports do have in common. That's another topic. But um, <laughs> I do ask everybody on the podcast because you know football. I know unfortunately you're a big Michigan fan, so we won't yeah. we won't hold that against yeah, you. Yeah, it's fine. But you're fine. you're a big fan, so you know the game. So I always I always like to relate what we do um, at Payroll Partners. Um, and payroll to playing offensive line. So mm-hmm. I'm going to shift this a little bit to your previous role. So, you know, look at a business as a team. Mm-hmm. What position um, on a football team do you think um, in the business is the team? So what, what position, offense, defense, or special teams, do you think the HR manager plays on a football team? It depends on the company, first of all. If, if a company... Uh, is forward-thinking, proactive, always trying to focus on how can they improve as a company. You know, they're, they're going to be that offensive coordinator and coordinating the changes of a process or play or procedure for their team. And when you implement something, you have to train them. So if you're implementing a new play for offense, yep. you are training um, from spring practice all the way to the fall uh, two a days to the season and execute that play. So if a company is trying to do that, they're definitely the offensive coordinator. Like if they're that. a company that's, you know, if they're a company that's struggling, then they're probably the defensive coordinator trying to put out fires all day and they are being very reactive versus proactive. So it's very good. I like, I like the analogy. Um, Michigan has had better offensive coordinators here recently than Ohio State. So yeah, they're that... doing all right. Even though Ohio State's ranked higher in the preseason, again, I don't understand it. It's fine. It's all good. Doesn't so, matter. So, um, so I think that's a good spot. I think uh, for our audience, if your business um, wants to be forward thinking and wants to finally get your business off of paper for benefits, open enrollment, and and health insurance, then definitely give me and David a call over at Payroll Partners. Um, We want to work with uh, your team. We will be the offensive coordinator to help facilitate that transition, train you on the system. Uh, we have an awesome team, don't we? We have we, have, we do. Lisa I, is 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 phenomenal on our team. Um, yeah, we have some amazing people that are very very knowledgeable and skilled at what they do, which is what you always want. If you're a, a good owner of a business, you want to find people that are smarter than you and hire them to do the job that that they can do very well and and kind of share their knowledge on the team. You know, I will say the biggest question for anybody listening, um, I would have them ask themselves, you know, are they are they providing their employees the best experience that they can? If not, how can they do it better? Because everyone's struggling to keep workforce right now. So the employee experience, obviously, we focus a lot on the client experience. But as a business owner, the employee experience is so important from the time that they go to your website, see that you are you are actively seeking to fill positions from right there, they're starting their experience with you. So if it's easy to get to your website, apply for a job, go through the interview process, are impressed, and then they they hire you, then it's giving them a very good experience as an employee. So using systems like our, our HCM through UKG can provide that very well. 
And the experience is an ongoing experience. So if it becomes not so positive, then they're going to probably look for a new job. So if you're still that football team as a business that's running the option veer and you've got some really good running backs and good tight ends who are really awesome at running that offense and you want to keep and you think that you just need to keep them happy, but you're finding you can't replace new people who come in and you need you need to do something drastic to bring in more talent, then you need to hire a new offensive coordinator. You need to go paperless on your on your payroll and your benefit process, and you need to implement a new age spread offense by payroll partners. That's a payday. Payday. Come across a brick. That's a payday.